Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Tuesday, April 7th edition of Bang the Book Radio. My name is Adam Burke, your host for the next half hour or so, chatting with Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. We're going to talk a little bit of NFL draft, talk a little bit about some of the news cycle that's been going on and when sports could restart and all that type of thing, and uh, just kind of, you know, shoot the breeze here for about a half hour or so, as we always do here on our Tuesday editions of the program. Over at bangthebook.com, got some new NFL draft stuff for you to check out. Over under individual draft positions for the offensive players as well as the defensive players. And taking a look at what will happen with the number three pick because that seems to be uh, kind of the swing game, so to speak, of the first round of the NFL draft. Going to set things up for the top ten and maybe the rest of the first round as a whole. Oh, we also got the betters box. Did a new edition of that yesterday. You check that out over at the website as well. And we'll be doing some stuff with college football here as we go throughout the month of April. A lot more stuff with the NFL draft. And, of course, it appears that we're going to have UFC 249 on some private island. So I'll preview that whenever we find out what's going on with that. But odds already out for it. So maybe I'll have to do that here today over at bangthebook.com. But finally, as you know, this and every edition of Bang the Book Radio presented by our friends over at DSI Sportsbook. BTB and the number 200 is that promo code. 100% 100% deposit match bonus for the sports book, 100% deposit match bonus for the live casino at BetDSI. It's only a game until you bet it. We got one guest here on the program today, and that is Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. Brian, what's going on today, man? How are you? So when this UFC thing crops up, is uh, you know, Ryan and the gang at Bang the Book, are you going to you know hire a new handicapper, uh, some guy named Gilligan, or what are you going to do? No, man. I got to say, though, is that the strongest flex in history to just go ahead and buy a private island <laughs> that you can post your events? What a, what a badass uh, move. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's strong. That, that's pretty strong. I mean, <laughs> you know, no, no one's going to sanction this event. So he's just like, well, I'm just going to go and have it wherever I want to. And of course, it's an awesome card, too, considering, you know, obviously, if this thing comes together. Oh, we should get a lot of great fights. Those guys all want to make money, too. But, man, could, could you imagine, like, all of a sudden Adam Silver goes, you know what, we're going to buy this island, we're going to build an arena, and we're going to play the rest of our NBA season here. Obviously, a lot more infrastructure goes into that, but I mean, that's awesome. You know, I, I hope it works out for him. You have to. The funny thing is, there are no bad ideas. You know, I mean, you got to think outside the box. The, the three and a half weeks ago, or whatever it was, three weeks ago, uh, Bill Foley was on on my hockey show, the Golden Knights owner. And I'm like, okay, I mean, laugh at me if you want. And I said, but I like, wait, what, what if you grabbed all the all the teams and you sent them to Greenland, and you know, you 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 know, throw a, a name out there. But build a rink and just have at it. Play games all day. And I was half joking about Greenland, but the premise was you got to send them somewhere. Travel's going to be an issue. So you got you know, so that thought process is now kind of, and I'm not taking credit for it, but that's what that's what's got to happen. You got to send these guys somewhere if NBA and NHL are going to get back. That lock them down somewhere play games then the nba thing vegas with all the arenas uh empty hotels an olympic village kind of thing that concept would work now uh, the nhl honestly could do it too but now the nhl's talking about north dakota we'll get into that but but clearly adam that that's kind of got to be the way these sports and then baseball's talking about arizona so you got to plop them in the middle of somewhere that things have calmed down but here's the let's just cut to the chase. Hey, isn't that a great idea? All that kind of stuff. Hockey comes back, or the NBA comes back, and the first two games are great. All right, so it's game three, first round, a player test positive. Game over. Yeah. No, you know? that's, that's the big thing about it. Absolutely. By the way, according to Worldometers, Greenland, 11 total cases of coronavirus, 10 have already well, recovered from uh, it. Wait, so, let, well, let's hear here, Throwing out a random country. Good call. No, no. I, and honestly, I, I have pangs of guilt about this because I, as God is my witness, 
I, I, I hadn't looked it up. I, I just threw it out there. And the, I, I had said this on the radio. And then two days later, when Bill Foley came in, I said, well, I just said the other day, throw him, take him to Greenland. But the day I said it on the radio, let's take him to Greenland. And my, the guy, Stevie Slabshot, does the hockey show with me. He goes, the next day, he goes, oh, by the way, yesterday Greenland reported their first case. Of, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I, I, I'm like, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the big thing here, right? You know, everyone's all these leagues are trying to come up with creative solutions and, and good on them for that. I mean, this Major League Baseball one is not going to work at all. For those that don't know, they talk about playing spring training games, kind of isolating the players as much as they can from not only each other, but also from their families, which is probably going to be the breaking point of this whole idea. But, you know, the NHL in North Dakota, we've heard the NBA talk about going to Vegas and you know, just doing everything kind of centralized there. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how all this works out, but I mean, at some point in time, you've got to think that these leagues come back, whether, you know, they need the money or they just want to, you know, give Americans something to look forward to at night. I mean, you know, Trump had that call with the various commissioners the other day. I don't know when all of this comes together, but at some point there is going to have to be some sort of outside the box solution to get these leagues playing again, I, I would have to think. I mean, there's got to be a breaking point, right? Yeah, uh, it, but th- the thing is how we don't know anything. And, you know, does – oh, it thinks taper down the curve and the line and the, and it's coming down and everything's trending the right way. I mean, are, are, you, are they going to wait until there are no reported cases – I mean, what what's the reality of that? And then they're they're even talking about okay, it goes away, and the summer months and the heat and it is, and then it comes back in the fall. You know what I'm saying? It, you know, I guess a vaccine is going to be the only thing that really gets us all the way back. But at some point, as long as there's a handful of cases with the possibility of it's starting up, uh, going again. A decision's going to have to be made at some point. You know, live your lives, folks. I mean, you, we, I mean, there's going to come a day where, well, it's a, it's a thing, and we have to deal with it. But we can't all keep living in our houses for 18 months. I, I don't know that that day comes. I, I'm not a smart guy. I don't know what the answer is. But do you see it? I mean, do you see it? completely going away when's that day no i mean it's it's not going to completely go away unless you've got you know a population that's that's by and large immune to it and i don't know what that solution is you know like you said i mean i guess it would be a vaccine and i don't know how much they can fast track a vaccine here they're obviously trying but yeah you're right i mean this this way of life of not being able to go anywhere or really do anything how long will people continue to deal with this before they just sort of you know, start kind of going off on their own. I don't know. And, and it furthermore goes into the sports world, like you said, of maybe we get a baseball season here at some point, but what do we do about college football? What do we do about the NFL uh, where, you know, colleges, it's going to be all online classes in the fall, probably, at least the direction that we're trending now. They can't play college football with that. And with the NFL, you know, you got 53 guys in the same room all day, every day. You know, they're around their families and all that. Like you said, it takes one case to shut everything down. So well, I, and I, I don't know. That's why golf is our best hope, I guess. I, I, I've said from day one, golf would be the first sport back, or should be. I, I, I think golf, they couldn't now from a PR standpoint, and this thing has escalated. So they did, they did the right thing. But golf is clearly the one thing. No fans. A, a field of 144 guys, 288 guys, golfer caddy, walking around out there. And... The only guys that are getting close to each other are the golfer and the caddy. All right? And if push comes to shove, the guy's got to carry his own bag or give him a pull cart or let the, or, or, or better yet, okay, the, the golfer drives around in a cart. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean okay, that sounds insane. Well, is it? If it means playing or not playing, let, him, let the golfer – uh, and, you know, let the golfer, give the golfer to caddy a cart. 
You know what I mean? I, 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 that's outside the box thinking, but it's not nuts. It's the whole thing is to stay away from each other so it can be done. I think golf, NASCAR can come back. The other stuff I is uh, at the moment it's kind of a pipe dream. But I, it, and again, it's this big philosophical thing, and rightly so. The way this thing's going and how how quickly it spreads, uh, its lethality, all of that. Yes, we're all. You, we, the hope is everybody buys into this, and let's get through this. But if this, if this just becomes a thing that just doesn't go away, doesn't go away, doesn't go, and, and after, you know, after a year and a half of this, or, or whatever, Adam, what, what would what would you say? And I'm not again. I'm I'm just saying. Are you, are we all going to keep remain being hermits, or are we going to say I, we got to find a way to start working and living again? And take do everything in your power to not get it, but we can't keep living in a cave. But I don't know when that day comes either uh, for, to make that brutal decision. Do you risk it and start living? Because on the back end of this, the poverty, the crime, the, uh, uh, you know, depression, fun, fun conversation on a Tuesday here. <laughs> you know, but it, but it's this is what we're dealing with. And so. Just to, just to wake up, have your coffee, and sit here and you know find a way. I like your friends. When's the last time I'm talking to all my friends? Hey, how you doing? I'm like God. I'm like, hey, I miss you guys. See, you know, th- these were people in your circle. I mean, they're not dead, do you? But you don't see them. Yeah. No, I I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what the answers are. And and the thing about golf, you know, too, is that. Look, I mean, if you want to fit as much of the golf season in as you possibly can, and obviously we've now seen that they're trying to play the Masters in November down there in Augusta, you may have to go with carts for the simple fact that it's going to get dark earlier. You're going to have a smaller window in which you're able to play. So uh, unless you're a, playing these great, tournaments over over five uh, days, that's a great to go point. With carts. That's a great point. I hadn't even even thought of that. Well, don't even get me started. I think daylight savings time is the most stupid thing. Like out here, when we we get to daylight savings time out here, you got to get up at five in the morning to enjoy the sun. It gets dark here at four thirty-five in the afternoon. It's like, can we please scrap this daylight savings time thing? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, it's again, it's, it's such uncharted territory in so many different kinds of ways, and. You know, again, I mean, maybe you try to expand some of these golf fields to let some of these guys, you know, be able to go out there and play and actually earn a paycheck. You know, so maybe you do have to play these things over five days or incorporate carts or something like that. And, of course, a cart could end up being more solitary anyway. So maybe that's a better way to do it. I I don't know. But, I mean, at some point here, I, I would hope something winds up coming back outside of, you know, the horse racing tracks that are still in operation. But, Something that is going to go on in a very, very different kind of way is the NFL draft. We'll be all virtual, nobody in the same room, anything like that, except for, you know, the draftees and their families and, you know, whoever gets together in their house with a group of nine or fewer people. But there's a lot of betting opportunities for the draft because we don't really have much else to bet on anyway. And it's overwhelming. You know, I started doing some draft stuff for bangthebook.com and I'm a little bit late to the curve, obviously, just trying to wrap myself mentally around everything that's going on. But, man, I start going through it. And I'm like, holy shit, there, there's like Super Bowl-esque prop catalogs for this thing out there. Oh, yeah. Offensive players versus defensive players, conference versus conference, over-under, uh, quarterbacks in the first round, wide receivers in the first round. It, it's amazing. I mean, it, it just speaks volumes to you can make a number on on anything. You know, it's just uh, the odds makers are only limited by their creativity and the appetite for the betting public. And oh, by the way, because it's the it's the only game in town, they'll they'll dream up about a dozen new ones this year. Oh, at least if not more. And and the thing that's really difficult about this here is, you know, I'm kind of looking at these. I'm sort of looking at the over unders for a lot of individual players. You know, guys that I think could be you know popular guys on draft day, like an Isaiah Simmons like a Javon Kinlaw, stuff like that. But as I'm sitting here going through this stuff, I'm thinking, all right, so I wrote these yesterday. We've got 17 days until the first round, and we've got a mainstream sports media that is absolutely starved to write about literally anything. 
the smokescreen potential for this draft is off of the charts. And you talk about all the you know potential trade scenarios and stuff like that. You're going to have teams, you know, dropping those M&Ms out there, waiting for people to follow them, follow that trail. This market's going to move a ton. It's going to be a very inefficient market, and that's going to create a lot of betting havoc, I think, across the board. Well, the thing that will happen, too, and it happens every year, and it probably could be even enhanced, but the reality of it was there's so much disinformation every year uh, that's out there about the draft, and that's that's from teams. You know, so someone leaks a thing or tells some, uh, you know, pick your football insider of choice. Oh, oh yeah, well, I, I, hey, I'm hearing that uh, the uh, you know Redskins are taking calls at two, or what was the one a couple? Of, well, are are the Bengals actually going to take Burrow? They're taking phone calls now, or you know, some other teams probably started that. You know, try the, the, the disinformation. Uh, yeah, we're into, and they're just smoke screening because they they were never interested in that guy. They're just hoping the guy they want's gonna be there. But guys are floating all this crap out there. It's amazing the subterfuge that goes on with the draft every year, and it's probably gonna be more than ever this year. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. You know, I watch this all the time with baseball because baseball is you know my number one passion here. The number of beat writers that get played like a cheap fiddle, whether it's by a team or by an agent is just astonishing the stuff that they put out there that we all know is not true but they're out there getting their social media engagements and getting their clicks on their you know little blurb stories or whatever else i see it all the time in baseball and now we're talking about the nfl draft where it's seven rounds you know 210 plus players you know and and you've got all of this time to literally beat everything to death about this draft i mean it's going to be crazy over the next couple of weeks here to see all this media coverage, to see what happens with these betting odds, to see people that are, you know, kind of buying into whatever these beat writers or these agents are selling. And not only that, because there's nothing else going on, you know, we probably had a lot of draft props that were, you know, $500 limits or $1,000 limits, something like that. We'll see two and three and $5,000 limits on these draft props now because there's nothing else for people to do. So the books are going to be taking a ton of money on these things, and we're going to be hearing a different story every day about each different player. No, it well, betting is a lot of it is about information, and this is it's like you want a, the bizarre analogy. It's like betting preseason football. You know, all week long, you know, the coach says, "Oh yeah, the the starters are going to play into the third quarter," and they're blah 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 blah. blah. And then they play a series, and they go right down the field, and they look great, and he goes, get out. You know, but you bet a game going on on the fact the guy said this was his plan going in. It's a game that doesn't count. I mean, this counts in terms of getting players, but the disinformation that's floated out there, who's really interested in somebody? I would say this to you, that the Tua thing to me is so interesting, and and I always put the caveat on the I ain't rooting against the kid. I, you know, I'm not wishing ill will on anybody. He could go one overall. Somebody could trade up for him, and he, he, they love this guy. But to me, I sit there and go, well, he's been surrounded by NFL players his, his whole college career, and he could be that good, and maybe he's the guy that made them all look good. But there's a chance they're the guys that made him look good. And now you've got a serious injury that he's coming back from. And we know how, you know, if you say it's over under four and a half, they take five quarterbacks in the first round. The odds are high. Three of them are busts. All right? I mean, it's such an inexact science. But the Tua thing, if he, if he ever got by the, the, if he ever got by the five pick where Miami is, and Cam Newton's sitting out there. You know, I and the Chargers say they're not interested in Cam Newton. But you know, are the Chargers going to take a quarterback at six? I, no one's floated this. I've been saying this for weeks. The kid could go one. But if I'm a GM and you can't be doing workouts and all this other stuff right now, you know, I mean, to, to really get up and you're taking uh, Nick Saban's where ah, he's good, he's fine, and he says he could play tomorrow. I mean, the possibility exists to me. He turns into Brady Quinn and he drops like a rock. 
but nobody talks about that. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's it's difficult to me because, you know, as I was kind of writing this thing, and like I said, over at bangthebook.com, I wrote something that really by and large centers around that third pick. That belongs to the Detroit Lions. And the Detroit Lions have already traded Darius Slay, already traded Quandre Diggs. You know, they need help in the secondary. And you've got Jeff Okuda, who's sitting right there, and who is clearly the best defensive back, or the best uh, cornerback, I should say, in this draft. C.J. Henderson probably second. Most mocks have him going about the midpoint or so of the first round. So if you're Detroit, can you trade back, get Okuda at six, seven, eight, something like that? Somebody like the Dolphins could move up and take Tua, you know, with their, you know, fifth pick or, you know, who knows? There'll be a lot of maneuvering going on in those top 10 picks, potentially. If the Lions could do that, then Tua probably goes three. If they can't, then Okuda almost has to go three. And, as you kind of look out there in the market right now, sort of compare the odds, that's what the scenario looks like. It's either Okuda at three to Detroit or somebody trades up to take Tua. How are you supposed to handicap that? Like, how are you supposed to go out there and put a bet on that when you're going to get the smoke screens, you're going to get the bullshit from the beat writers and the teams and all that kind of thing? I don't know. I, I feel like, to me, it's really hard to get an edge on the draft, but a lot of smart guys do prey on a high variance environment. And I know a lot of very intelligent people that I respect that already have a lot of money out there on this thing. So I, I don't know for me, I'm just not comfortable, you know, diving head first into that pool. Well, I would say to you in everything you said's right. How do you, how do you just automatically eliminate Washington at two? I mean, unless they think chase young is Bruce Smith, you know, and is this generational guy, I mean, he's a phenomenal college player. But if if, if Detroit's fielding calls at three, and now it becomes a bidding war, and there's three teams down below that absolutely are convinced, you know, they're going to change their fortunes for a franchise quarterback. If if you're the Redskins and you got work to do, and Haskins, if if he's the guy, you know, you're still kind of in a rebuild mode. But if someone if you if you swap ones and get you know two ones another second this year I mean something ridiculous and you're sitting there going well yeah we like Chase Young but we're going to get five guys who are going to be you know the core of a team I'm not I'm not saying it's the Herschel Walker trade but you know what I mean I mean how how great is Chase is is it Chase Young or four guys that somebody makes the call and Washington is in play. Yeah, no, that's fair. And and I think part of this too, you know, I'm not a trends better at all by any means, but I think you can look at organizational trends when it comes to handicapping the draft here and sort of see, you know, do these front office regimes, do they have a conference preference or do they go back to the well with the same team? One of the reasons I would think Chase Young goes to to Washington is because they drafted Dwayne Haskins. Many people thought a little bit too high. They get a guy like Terry McLaurin Maybe they like that Ohio State system. Maybe they like what the Buckeyes have built there as a program. So maybe they go ahead and take Chase Young at two, eliminate any questions, something like that. But at the same time, as you just said, if you can get you know a four for one or a three for one for Chase Young, something like that, you know, do you go ahead and make that move? And furthermore, another thing that kind of throws some wrinkles into this draft in particular is what kind of NFL season do we get? Do we get, you know, the 16 games? Do we get, you know, a full season? Do we only get, you know, the six division games and then maybe four non-conference games only playing 10 games? All of a sudden, if you're trading for a team's first-round pick next year, there's a lot more question as to where that could end up falling if we don't get a season or if we get a shortened season. So are you maybe better off taking that player in the here and now not worrying about the hypothetical, do we see fewer trades than we would expect because we don't no. know what's going to happen with this upcoming NFL season? I don't know the answer to that. I think it's a fair question, but I think these guys have to go on the premise that it's life as usual. Uh, you, you've got to do what you would do. And, and honestly, the other thing is, it doesn't matter every year. Somebody does it, and it could be the dumbest thing or it could be really smart. I mean, you know, 
Gettleman that they wanted to pitchfork him last year. Well, the Daniel Jones thing didn't look so stupid now, does it? I mean, he looked pretty good. Uh, they might they might have found themselves something there. Yeah, but I mean, this guy for six months was just getting taken to the woodshed every day. And you know, you gotta these guys have their board and they believe in their board and some guys are good at it, some guys are bad at it. And you know, all you gotta do, and that's you know, the Patriots, just look at a team like them. You know, don't kid yourself. You know, Tom Brady and all one of the big reasons this team was good for so long was the way they gamed the system. They get all these guys and, oh, wait a minute, what, the Patriots got two compensatory third-round picks? Those are starters. <laughs> you know, this guy, you know, they gamed the system better than anybody. It, it was always more than Brady. Well, and I think all of us are kind of resigned to the fact that the Patriots are going to find some kind of way to move up and take a quarterback here in the first round. Potentially Jordan Love. We'll see how far Justin Herbert falls and. That's the one that I kind of want to key in on here for a minute because we know Burrow's going number one. We know somebody's probably trading up for Tua or Tua goes five to Miami. You've got Justin Herbert out there over under five and a half is his draft prop at some places. Other places maybe a little bit higher than that. But you start looking up and down this draft order and you say, okay, Cincinnati gets their guy in Burrow. Miami or whoever wants Tua goes ahead and gets Tua. If it's not Miami, do they want Herbert at five? If they don't, well, the Chargers may end up taking a quarterback, but I think they're okay with Tyron Taylor for this year. They'll probably take a different position of need. Carolina just signed Bridgewater to a deal. They don't need a quarterback. Arizona's got Kyler Murray. They don't. If Jacksonville doesn't take Herbert or Love at nine, where, where do these guys go? All of a sudden, you start to see these quarterbacks really, really fall down the board because there aren't a lot of teams in dire need of a quarterback in the NFL because of the trades, because of the free agent signings, stuff like that. These quarterbacks, I mean, I think that they're guys that, you know, if, if Herbert goes six or nine, it doesn't surprise me. If he goes 25, it doesn't surprise me. Something like that to the point where I don't know where these quarterbacks outside of Tua and Burrow end up going. Well, I'll throw a wild card at you. They could sit there. See, that's that's the thing. When you're trying to compare these guys, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, this guy, uh, you know, I, I think is I think that's the key word. I think his game translates to the NFL. It's how many guys have been quarterbacks have been busts and flops over the years. You know, maybe the Patriots sit there and go, what, what if they just take a guy like Jalen Hurts, you know, in, in the second round? It, it, does he last a long time? Or does someone go and say, all this guy's ever done is win, and all of a sudden somebody goes bananas in, where did Jalen Hurts come from? Nobody was talking about him, and he goes at the bottom of the first round. Yeah, I don't. I mean, you talk about a guy like Jacob Easton, who all of a sudden people are talking about, you know, now you, you kind of get those buzzwords for the draft, too. Things like, you know, quarterbacks, they start looking at arm strength, and you know, they start looking at all the athleticism of offensive and defensive linemen and this and that, and you know, Easton's a guy that, you know, I, I wasn't super impressed with at Georgia or at Washington, but now recently you've heard the buzz about the arm strength. Well, does some team overpay for that? Or Jake Fromm, all he did was win games at Georgia. Does some team overpay for that? Because we know teams always reach for quarterbacks at some point in time. So I don't think any of those are first round guys necessarily. But yeah, you know, do you break the bank if you're the Patriots to trade up for Herbert or Love, something like that, when you could get a Hertz or an Eason or a Fromm in the second or third round and say, okay, we're elite on the development side with young players. Do we just take one of these guys in the third round and see what we can get with them? Maybe, you know, I, I don't know. And, and that's the hard part here. You have to play amateur GM. You have to play beat writer. You have to read through all the mock drafts, look back at drafting histories for these teams and see, do they reach for certain positions? Do they draft from certain conferences or certain schools, there's a lot that goes into this draft handicapping process. And, and fortunately, I guess for a lot of people out there, they don't really have much else to do as far as handicapping goes. No, well, I've always been a draft, Nick, and, and love it. And uh, the fact you can bet on it now, I mean, faraway places have always, you know, been able to do it. It's only been going on in Vegas now for three years. Hell, it's only been like, I think it's only been three, four, five years you could bet on the MVP in a Super Bowl. It's just the... 
Oh, it's just amazing to me the hypocrisy of the whole thing, where the NFL, you know, all those years treated uh, Vegas like a black hole, and oh, the money grab, and then they're getting the money out of Vegas. Okay, yeah, we can do the betting thing. It's like, please, <laughs> but it it's fun. It's fun, and they'll and they'll be they'll be off the board kind of things. I think the wide receiver thing is insane. Um, somebody could reach. And say, oh, the, the Judy kid, you know, blah blah blah, and he he goes he goes up way higher than anybody thought. All of a sudden, that upsets the the apple cart, or Judy drops. But when when the wide receivers start to go, there'll be a run on wide receivers. You know, that's and there'll be guys that no matter what they say, hey, we're going to take the best player available. Come on, please. Yeah, how many teams <laughs> draft for need? No matter what they tell you. If they if a team is close, they're going to draft for need. If a t- team is a million miles away, you're taking the best player. But if if you're sitting there knocking on the door to be a contender, you're going to take the player at the position. You're taking a, a position, you know, you're taking a position player at the spot that can help you right away. And and the the thing that's crazy about the draft, what's really awesome, is it is such a different era that forever and a day. It was an un- and to this day, it's still that. I mean, when have you ever seen a guy get drafted in the third round and get cut? Right? It was an automatic. It was almost like the point of demarcation. If you're drafted in the third round, you made the team. Because the GM would lose his job if, you, if the guy, you drafted somebody in the third round, he didn't make the team. So the first three rounds were guarantees to make the team. But the teams that know what they're doing right now, Fifth, sixth, even seventh rounders are guys that are not only making teams, they're guys that actually are so good in camp and uh, OTAs and all that, that actually a handful of them will start, but they'll be contributors. And then, honestly, it it is such a different animal now. And I've not done the homework assignment, but how many undrafted free agents make teams now is probably stupefying. I mean, the undrafted guys, you sit there and say, I, I, I could take this guy here at si- in the sixth round, but no, we're going to make our case to this guy. I think We think he's going to fall through the cracks. And there'll be a team that gets three undrafted free agents, and it's like they won that pool. And believe me, that pool is capable of finding smaller school guys and guys that are difference makers. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, the D2 guys, the D3 guys, the FCS guys, stuff like that. And, and that brings me to the last point I want to ask you about here with the NFL draft, because you're kind of more of an old school guy. I'm sort of more of a new school guy. And DeAndre Swift, the running back from Georgia, I don't have an over under on him. I, I've seen one out there in the market. In fact, I could probably pull one up while we're talking here. But there are a lot of players that are just yes or no for the first round. DeAndre Swift, yes or no first round. Yes is minus 140. Imagine the day when a running back may not get taken in the first round at all whatsoever because Swift expected to be the first running back off the board. J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State, probably second. And quite frankly, Dobbins probably going to be the best of the big-name running backs out of this draft class, in my opinion. But can you imagine a time where we had a question as to whether or not a running back would be taken in the first round? Well, yeah, and talk about it flopping, um, where wide receivers are always considered a real dicey first-round pick, and now you got over under five and a half, over under six wideouts in the first round because it's the function of the game. It's the way the game's being played right now. But you're right. Uh, I, I'm trying to think. Is in recent memory, uh, I'm going for memory here. I could look it up real quick. But did Elliott go at four? Does that sound about right? Is he the highest yeah. running back that's been taken I mean, yeah, I four. It was four, yeah. It's so yeah, I mean, I, so yeah, so you got Swift, uh, Dobbins. I I saw a mock draft where, you know, Dobbins was going all the way in the fifties to the Bills, and I mean that and that that might be an area of need. Uh, but, but yeah, all of a sudden a, a terrific running back is going to fall in your lap, and honestly, the crazy thing is, the value for for running backs with these guys. To me, it's early in their career. You know, when you get them on a five-year deal and, and you know, and they're making, them, you know, a million, seven, two million, three million a year, you know, then you're going to get to the point you're going to be paying a running back 15 million a year. They'll go, thanks, see you later. 
So the the value of getting a stud running back is now. Saquon Barkley, second overall, 2018. Uh, that, there that you would go. Be, there that you would go. be the high one there. Uh, Leonard Fournette went fourth overall in 2017. That was also the Christian McCaffrey draft where he went eighth overall. Uh, last year, one running back in the first round. It was Josh Jacobs to the now Las Vegas Raiders. He went 24th. Uh, DeAndre Swift over under 29 and a half out there at DSI. The under minus 130. So seems like the expectation is that he will be a first round pick. I don't know about that, but, you know, it does seem like that probably will end up being the case there. And when we chat again with Brian next week, we'll talk a little bit more about the NFL draft on some of the other things that are going on with that. But one last thing I wanted to ask you about, man, we already talked about it just a little bit here about the Masters getting moved to November. Uh, The PGA Tour is hoping that things resume in the month of June with the Memorial in Dublin, Ohio, which is just outside Columbus. And Ohio's done a very, very good job with this coronavirus thing. So maybe there is a chance that we do get that tournament here in the month of June. But, man, from August to November, PGA Championship, FedEx playoffs, U.S. Open, Ryder Cup, Masters, could be a hell of a late summer and fall oh. if we get it here in the PGA Tour. Well, the uh, the Masters, play it, please. I figured it out. I, I think it would be awesome. Just you were talking about an incredible two weeks, the U.S. Open and then the Ryder Cup, <laughs> and, and and before that oh, okay. the Kentucky Derby. Oh, I know the fall. Fingers crossed, right? I mean, we're praying, praying that this to normal. Well, for all the pain we're going through now, just think what the fall's looking like. You alluded to the Derby, the Triple Crown, but. You throw the U.S. Open, the Masters, the Ryder Cup, and football's back. and it, The fall could be absolutely nuts. And my, my problem would be I'm already plotting a course for that. If I'm doing my football parties at Sunset Station, is there any way to watch the NFL all day long and hide from the Masters? I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm great at it. I'm great at it. I, I, I'm able to do it, go home and... Uh, tape the NASCAR race. Tape the, I can hide. I don't see any way you can hide from the man. Uh, the worst. The, the the worst bad beat. We're doing. Uh, I taped those the last race of the NASCAR season uh, a couple years ago, and uh, hid from it the whole day. Okay, I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna watch the race, and we got the main game, the West Coast games on, and it ends early, so we flip to the last remaining game. And put it on the big screen with audio, and Chris Fowler's calling the game. And they, there's like 20 seconds left in, in the game, and it's like a 17 point game. He goes, and I just want to congratulate Kevin Harvick for winning. The, I I wanted to drive to San Diego and and find the guy. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, I, I if I don't watch it live, I, I don't watch it. I can't watch I, it. I, I can't. can't. Well, I, I. But that's the point. I'm watching as if if it's live. I can't watch it if I know the result of it. Yeah. No, I. I can't either. And like they're showing all these past games and stuff, and I'm like, I've already seen. I already know what happened. I'm. I'm not watching that. I. I can't. I can't do it. I, I have to watch it live. If I'm even like a little bit delayed, like if I, you know, like start something and then catch up with commercials or something, even that bothers me. I just I have to watch it live in real time. Well, last week was it last week? Two weeks ago, uh, all the teams that they're doing it here in Vegas. I think most of the teams are doing it where they're showing, in lieu of there's no hockey, they're showing past hockey games, famous hockey games, and all this stuff. Well, the Sabers are doing this stuff, and it's like okay, pick it up the you know, four overtime game, pick it up at the start of overtime, drop drop the puck, you know, but bam, they just bam, play the game, show the game, show the game. Well, last week. I fall asleep. I take a nap. I'm on, you know, I'm in a coma. My phone starts blowing up. I'm like, what's going on? What's wrong here? And here, the one past historical game, whatever it was they showed, they actually showed a minute and a half of us doing the pregame show and throwing at the Rick Generat at Madison Square Garden. I'm like, uh, you know, so I got everybody under the sun, my friends and people on Twitter and social media, you know, Sending me the picture. I'm like, geez, I just I went to sleep and took a nap, and then I woke up and I had red hair again. 
<laughs> for those that didn't know, Brian used to do pre and post game stuff uh, for the Sabers. There was that on Empire Sports Network. Empire's right? honestly, God was one of the one of the greatest. Uh, it, it was amazing. It was a regional sports network. They were kind of at the forefront of this, and it was and Buffalo. You know what a ridiculous sports city it is. The people are just nut bars. Um, and unfortunately, the the whole thing the the guy John Regas. There was the Adelphia scandal. The Sabres went bankrupt. and But he also owned the Empire Sports Network, and that thing unraveled. Uh, had the, it's amazing. that I mean, I never would have come to Vegas if, if all that hadn't happened. That was what prompted me to move out here was when, when the Sabres went bankrupt. And, you know, but, that, but the Empire Sports Network, the, the programming was phenomenal. Yeah, I, I watched a lot. I mean, I had it in high school because we had Adelphia Cable, so that's how I became a Sabres fan. And, in fact, uh, in a roundabout way, I guess, I've, I've known Brian Blessing for a very long time, uh, previously from watching him oh, on the pre- and post-game shows, and then now, uh, of well, course, doing this show here. The, the, age, the age thing actually has its benefits. Um, one, we were um, – my wife and I and our granddaughter – this is two weeks ago. My wife and I were going to go over to the Costco's. And our granddaughter's going stir crazy. Come on, can I go? I said, Yeah, okay, come on. This was two weeks ago. We probably wouldn't, you know, wouldn't do it today. And so we get over there, and the line had been thousands. Of, I mean, seriously, but the, the, the morning we went, the line was weaving through parking lanes. So it was about 150, 200 people. So I said to my granddaughter, Come on, we'll just hang here, and Nana's going to go over there, and we'll meet her when she comes around, you know, just to keep the kid away from everybody. All of a sudden, she turns around. She starts walking back. It's like, where are you going? She goes, come on with me. I go, what do you mean, come on with you? So we go right to the door. And it's like, over 60, come on in. <laughs> I'm like, I was never so happy to be over 60 in my life. But I'm like, so we went, we went straight. I go, well, can, well, we got the little one. And the lady goes, no, she's with you. Come on. And I'm going, this virus ain't going to take me out. I was waiting for people to start throwing rocks at us. Well, but, but the other old thing, we did a thing. I just wanted to, I, I did want to do this. If you're bored, if, if you'd be so kind. Uh, and I'm doing it again Thursday on Sportsbook Radio. You can go to sportsbookradio.com. All the shows are archived. But Bruce Marshall from the Gold Sheet and I have threatened to, to do this for more than a decade. Guess what? Now's the time. We, we both grew up with the American Football League, which was amazing. We did a show last Thursday. It's on the archives. Uh, it's titled AFL Memories with Bruce Marshall. We're going to do it again this Thursday at noon Pacific time. And we, we barely scratched the surface just talking about the great memories of the American Football League. If, and I know you were talking about yeah, this before me. A little, I mean, the memories are great. And what the NFL is today is what the AFL was. It was a passing league. And the AFL was five times more entertaining than the NFL and this is the stuff we grew up with. It's if you're you got time on your hands and you want to just have some fun. Uh, I, honestly, it was the it was the best hour of radio. I think it was the most enjoyable. Put it this way, it was the most enjoyable hour of radio I've ever done. We did it last Thursday. We're going to do it again this Thursday. Just recanting some fond memories of the old American Football League. Definitely recommend that and recommend the other stuff that Brian does all the time. Sportsbook Radio, Vegas Hockey Hotline. Uh, the Hockey Betting Podcast. You do a lot of stuff, man. Where can everybody find it? Uh, sportsbookradio.com. All the shows are archived. And honestly, with the uh, um, the down nature of, of the NHL stuff, the, the guests are – we always get great guests, and we have a great stable of guys. But with the downtime, we've had Bill Foley on. We had Kelly McCrimmon, the Golden Knights general manager. We had the Golden Knights play-by-play man. Dave Gosher was on the other day. Uh, and we're going around the league and uh, just you know getting great guests. Uh, if you're a hockey fan, that's a lot of fun. But it's noon to two. Uh, KSHP.com. You can listen live there. And the shows are archived at sportsbookradio.com. And on Twitter, at Brian Blessing. Still doing once a week the Hockey Betting Podcast with Cam Stewart. And that's a lot of fun. Uh, there's not much we can talk about from a betting perspective. But uh, we're diving into it and still have a lot of fun. It's kind of a two-drink minimum kind of thing. Uh, just talking hockey, having a lot of laughs. Two drink minimum is kind of how we're all living our lives right now, I think. Uh, with you, this I have not, are you proud of me? I have not had. Well, I don't drink at home. I mean, believe me. I mean, I used to have a hollow leg. Uh, I, and, you know, on the golf course, it's swing oil. 
you know, I'll get after it on the golf course, but I, I just have, I don't drink at home. I bought a case of beer. Uh, last year we, we bought a case of beer at Thanksgiving and it lasted till Easter. I don't know. I just don't drink at home. I have not had one drop of anything I, in a month. I used to not drink at home, but now I do a lot. <laughs> I know, I, I, well, I was gonna, if you're ever going to do it, you know, I mean, not to excess, but I don't know. I just, for whatever reason, just don't do it. I, I mean, I, I've always enjoyed going out drinking and, you know, seeing yeah. friends and stuff like that. I, I never really drank much at home because I was just kind of like, oh, you know, what's sort of the point? Well, now there's a lot of point to it. So uh, <laughs> my, my wife and I have been going through bourbon at a very high rate around these parts. And uh, I wish I could go out and enjoy right, well, some well, swing oil, but the weather sucks too much around here to even go golfing. All right. Well, oh. all right. Give us give us a stock tip. What brand are you drinking? Oh, man. Uh <laughs> <laughs> it it ran. I mean, Michter's is probably my favorite. Uh, Henry McKenna is very, very good. Uh, I just got her a bottle of seventeen ninety two small batch, four roses small batch and single barrel are good. Um, you know, I I don't I don't drink anything too extravagant, but you know, I'm I'm above the uh, I'm definitely on the top two shelves. I would say. Wow, look at you. Well, I will tell you because. I mean, it's just beer now, but when you know when the, when the moment arises, it's, it's vodka. And uh, for years, I go out and, and go to the bar and I go, oh, uh, what brand, sir? I'm like, well, give me the, you know, whatever. You know, I'm serious, like Absolute or Tito's now or all these things. I'm like, I don't know. The good stuff destroys me. I all my, it's like, give, give me the well. It doesn't hurt me as bad. You know, so literally, you know, I'd be sitting home and got to get the leaders of Popoff, McCormick's, Kamchatka. Oh, God. <laughs> What? Shit you buy it like CVS. That's like half- oh yeah, yeah, oh. awesome. Battery acid. Nine. Oh. Well, not when you mix it with iced tea. I mean, nine ninety nine. Oh, get on with it. You can't mix that enough. Oh God. Um, <laughs> buying half proof stuff at CVS. No, come on. You tell me. You can taste the difference between pop off and Tito's when you throw it in with a mixer. You know, I, come on. I mean, I'm not a huge vodka guy, but I, I feel like I could. I mean, especially the, the difference in proof. I feel like that would that would come through. Well, the funny thing is, I would always get headaches the next day with, with the good stuff. Yeah. Well, oh, the, I thought you with the cheap stuff. I'm like, well, yeah. Well, the, the, the cheap stuff, is wake up and do it again. <laughs> well, so, okay, with, with the age difference that we have here, too, I guess I might as well ask you this. What, you bought a case of beer. What kind of beer? While we're trying to get sponsors for the show, what kind of beer? Uh, Miller Lite. Okay. So you're a Miller Lite guy then? Yeah. You're not but, an IPA. Have you ever had an IPA? Yeah, I don't like it. I, okay. I can do a, what's the... I knew the age difference was coming into play with the beer thing too. Well, I, I'll tell you, back in the day living in Buffalo, just uh, the best beer ever, and I don't know that they make it anymore. Um, it was Mol- Molson Golden. I'm I mean, sure they, I think they still do. But it was, it, it's it's better than Heineken. It's it's, a, it's like it's Heineken ish, but it, it now that that was that stuff was money. That was good. They used to have a beer in Canada. It was called, uh, pretty sure it's called Bredore. and but it was like a triple X beer. It was it was like. It tasted great, but it was like fourteen percent alcohol. It, it, <laughs> oh, jeez! Yeah, yeah. The Canadians know what they're doing when it comes to the beer. It'll put hair on your chest. I, I remember a few years ago we had a party at our apartment, and uh, I had gone to the beer store and found some like eighteen percent Lithuanian beers. God. Yeah, I blacked out that night. <laughs> I, I remember nothing from that night. I, I guess the night like devolved into a couple of my friends having a giant political fight. And I was just helpless to stop it. it. It was bad. Not good. Fond memories. Yeah. Well, you remember fond, some of fond you non- memories, some, yeah. Well, you remember some of the evening. Yeah. I, I remember the good parts of the evening, I guess. I don't know. I guess my, my best drinking story would be uh, the Bills were playing the Saints. So I used to have it down to a science. Uh, I would always take a personal day, like a vacation day. And they're flying me down there anyway, but I'd block my schedule and I'd go down to the city, wherever they were going. I'd go by myself a day early. And so the, we went down to New Orleans 
And everybody's like, be careful down there. I'm like, yeah, okay, I get it. Yeah, uh, but uh, so the night, it was a Friday night, and the cameraman was coming in the next day. But uh, the hurricanes in New Orleans. And hey, watch out with those. Yeah, I get it. I, you know, so I, I get the first hurricane. I'm sipping the thing. I mean, milk it out for it's like it, it, it's like in a tall Chinese food container. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh yeah, yeah. And you know, they, they milk that thing for literally an hour, hour and a half. You know, they get the second one, and that was where there was a, uh, an acquaintance or two that I knew. And then all of a sudden, here comes all the Bills fans and a few other people, guys from other TV stations. So now five hours into this thing. And it's still only the second one of these things. Okay. So the third one. third one comes. The, the third sip of the third one, it was like someone dropped an anvil out of the shuttle right on my head. <laughs> it's like motor skills completely gone. It's like, this is five hours. It's only the third one. And I remember walking back to the hotel and chewing Stopping to get a piece of pizza, and I remember chewing on the pizza, and that was about the end of it. That, that was that's where it ended, memory-wise. Well, I'm glad you survived that one. Um, so, sounds like it could have gotten a little bit dicey there, to <laughs> say the least. I I can't wait to get back to New Orleans once all this is over. I had a great time when I went down oh, there place, last year. That place is nuts. Oh yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Uh, hurricanes on the patio, patio Bryan's. So yeah. Well, that the, the funny thing is, how about that for a roundabout way to end this? Uh, the third one, and the 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 third sip that that ended the evening. It was at we had just gotten to Patty O'Brien's. Yeah, well, you know, if Patty O'Brien's wants to be a sponsor, you can hit me up via email, adamatbangthebook.com. <laughs> uh, but no, it was a great time, great place. I'm sure we got plenty of drinking stories that we can do. Because uh, you know what, we're gonna have a lot of time to talk about things like that here <laughs> on Bang the Book Radio with Brian Blessing, host of Sportsbook Radio Vegas Hockey Hotline. Hockey betting podcast and also his uh, throwback shows talking about the AFL there with Bruce Marshall at Brian Blessing on Twitter. Brian, appreciate your time as always, man. Thank you so much for joining me. Stay safe. We'll talk to yeah, you again bud. next week. Hey, oh, it's always fun, but hey, it's coming. Let's, the glass is half full. It's coming. We'll get back to more serious stuff in terms of actual things we can, you know, dissect and bet on. Let, yeah, the let's, gla- let's the keep glass the hope. is half full because <laughs> I haven't drank the other half of it yet. <laughs> All right, there you go. There's Brian Blessing once again, at Brian Blessing on Twitter, uh, sportsbookradio.com, kshp.com for Sportsbook Radio, as well as Vegas Hockey Hotline. Coming up on Thursday, another edition of the Betters Box, my MLB betting podcast. And uh, we'll probably have some Brad Powers on soon and also do some stuff, some more stuff with the NFL draft as well. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I will talk to you again on Thursday.